Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Shalom Bayesh Shir number 118. Um, I saw this uh, Maisa about Rav Hanan Vasaman when he came to America before the World War II to collect for his yeshiva and he was invited, he spoke in a uh, shul, in a big shul and he spoke with a tremendous islahavis to be more people to donate to the yeshiva and the Olam was very um, receptive, and they were, you could tell they were ready to give a large schum. But what happened? The Rav of the Kehilla walked in um, towards the end of that uh, speech Rav Hanan gave and asked to say a few words. Um, now, before that, Rav Hanan basically tried to plead with everyone to give $80, which was a significant schum. At that time, and it seemed like the idol was receptive to give those larger schumim. But when the Rav came, he asked to speak, and he spoke for about 15 minutes about other matters. And it um, cooled off that hislahavis, um, this enthusiasm of the crowd to give the uh, these bigger nedavis. And at the end, he, the Rav said something foolish. He said that um, even if you give one dollar to the yeshiva instead of the 80-year-old Hanan recommended, is a tremendous chos. And because of these words, um, it Rochanan um, in this particular um, shul, this particular effort, only received a very small amount of money. The Rav later went to Rochanan maybe since he did something incorrect, I, whatever it was, but he said, you're probably very upset at me that I caused you to, I ruined that uh, fundraising event of yours. And Rolchanan answered, he's not angry at all. And Rolchanan was masber, that it says, Ru'u karasi b'shem b'tzalel ben-ori ben-hur. Hashem chose b'tzalel. And um, if someone, Moshe Rabbeinu, goes on the street and says, are you B'Tzalel? And the other one, and he says, no, I'm Reuven. And he goes to another Yid, are you B'Tzalel? And he says, no, I'm Shimon. Now, are you going to have Tainus? Is Moshe going to have Tainus on Reuven? Why he's not B'Tzalel? That he's Reuven? Or he's going to have Tainus? Uh, why, he, why he's not B'Tzalel? He's, he's Shimon? Of course not. Uh, it's not him. That's what it is. And Rukhana said the same thing over here. The ones who are chosen to uh, to um, establish a base amigdash or a makam taira or yeshiva is chosen by Hashem. Ultimately, they're chosen by Hashem. And if this kehillah wasn't zaycha, they're not to be found guilty by the fact that they weren't zaycha to to raise money for the yeshiva, you know to 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 be the ones to uh, be make him the yeshiva. So Rochanan did not get angry. He realized it came from Hashem. Just that these particular people were not zeicha to be given to the yeshiva, and and that was that was his mahalach with this. And these rayoynes that Rolchanan said in this story is a big yesaid in life, and and especially in marriage. You know, sometimes you have these very high expectations, sometimes very unrealistic expectations. I think that's an issue. Uh, with Shaduchim and going into marriage, sometimes you really uh, have un- very unrealistic expectations. But the bottom line is, is if those expectations were not filled by recognizing, similar to the story, that it's all Mirashamayim, 
and you were not meant to get this particular toiva from your spouse at this moment or at this time, then it definitely helps greatly in Shalom Bayis having that uh, mindset and attitude and you won't get upset or bent out of shape if you expect and you know you had these expectations of your wife or husband doing something or providing something for you that didn't come into reality. And um, another eights, uh, just in general, he then shifts, uh, this is from Beloved Companion, like I always quote many wonderful things from him, is that not to be Matthias, says you're not, should, not supposed to appease a person when they're angry, certainly it applies to a spouse as well. If your spouse is shouting at you, don't shout back. Your spouse will see there's no one to shout at or argue with and will calm down ultimately. And there's no use use to reason, you know, to use reason when there's anger. And after the anger subsides, you can discuss the subject rationally and, um, or, you know, and speak softly about it. Now, the truth is, very often when you calm down and everyone calms down, a good Aitza, by the way, to diffuse the situation is when you calm down. You, let's say you were the angry party. You were the one that got upset. So when you calm down, you go to your spouse afterwards and say, you know something, uh, you caught me in a bad time, in a bad moment. I was upset about something else, something happened. I didn't get sleep last night. I'm very overtired and it just didn't come out the way I wanted it to come out. You know, so sort of an apology. And then the husband or the wife, whoever was yelled at, um, you know, this diffuses it, this softens it, because then they realize, you know, that they weren't really directing their anger at you. They were just frustrated in general. And that's a good answer sometimes to say, you know, I was very overtired yesterday. I, I wasn't in my best behavior, and I'm sorry. And now we could discuss this uh, subject more calmly. And calmly, because mana a soft reply turns aside anger which is important never to raise your voice in response to, in response to anger, since uh, that will cause the anger to flare up even more. And this is true, by the way, even if you know your spouse is wrong. Let's say you know 100% that your wife or your husband is wrong on this. You still wait till the anger passes so that you later can speak to each other in a calm way. And, um, and that's um, very, very... Um, important. Another example is, is let's say it's not a case of anger. Let's say just your spouse is very excited about an idea. Oh, I have a great idea. Let's do this and this and this. Or makes a promise. I promise I'm going to do this. And they're very enthusiastic about it. And you know that he or she can't fulfill it. Don't damper the excitement right now. Your, 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 your husband or your wife is very excited about something, very enthusiastic. Let them Enjoy the moment. There's plenty of time later to discuss to discuss it and to see, you know, that maybe, you know, it's not feasible. And then later you could discuss that. But at the moment, you don't, like, knock that idea right away. Don't refute it. Don't shout it down on the spot. And uh, give it some thought and say, okay, this is, doesn't seem like a realistic idea. This is what my husband or wife is enthusiastic about. Is it Shaykh? Is it not Shaykh? And if Itaka isn't, later, when the enthusiasm calms down and you can have a discussion, then you could talk calmly together and explain to your wife or your husband why that idea, although it's like a wonderful sentiment, 
and, you, and it's, it would be a beautiful thing, but it's really not realistic. And you can explain it in a nice way why it's not realistic, but not at the moment. <coughs> Another side to know, of course, is every human makes mistakes. Your spouse is not an exception. And your job, generally speaking, is to overlook these mistakes. And by doing so, your marriage will run a lot smoother. It's very embarrassing to make a mistake. We all make mistakes and we feel very embarrassed by them. And it hurts us a lot. And it hurts us much more if our spouse notices it. And not just notices it, but makes a big fuss over the mistake. You know, your, your wife forgot to salt the food. Or forgot, or or the husband forgot the birthday present. It's important to just overlook it or not make much of it. And this is a, especially true in times of crisis. For example, if a husband uh, lost his job, now is not the time to uh, come up with suggestions retroactively how this could have been avoided. You know, that's like pouring salt on the wounds. Or a car accident, Khalila, you know, and um, smash the car with the wife or the husband, and you criticize the driving, or a bad business deal, or bashing your spouse um, by saying, you know, if you would listen to my advice, you would never be in this mess. So these are like sort of times of crisis. Later, you can talk rationally about the things you can learn about these situations in a Hanami. But generally, in times of crisis, that's not the time for condemnation. That's a time for comforting. That's a time for helping. That's a time for supporting. That's the time to learn together about Amuna and about Betochen. And this is a general rule that's so true. Any downfall, and everyone has Eurydice, they will suffer setbacks and downfalls. And every downfall is easier to handle if you have a partner in life to share it with, to comfort each other with. To, to, to both pray for a brighter future and to constantly work on helping and supporting each other, That's, that makes a marriage beautiful. And sometimes you have to be the one. If, let's say, your wife made a mistake of some sort and is in a, in a, in a bad state about something, she fell down from her grace, so to speak, from her reputation for something or whatever it is, she got a hit, whatever it is, the husband's job right now is to be with her in the trenches and support her wherever she is. I'm here for you. Mistakes, you can learn, whatever it is. He's not the one that's to be the, the mashkiach right now or anything like that. I'm just here to support you, you know, undivided, loyal support. Same thing with the husband. He suffers a setback. You know, uh, you got demoted, uh, you know, cr- you know, whatever it is. You know, uh, got moved from a bigger, um, being a bigger market share to a lower grade market share. He's upset about it and feels humiliated about it. You know, whether right or wrong, that's a different story. Uh, but the wife needs to constantly support him and, um, and be with him when each one of them with each other has a crisis time or a downtime or what we call a urethra. It's important for the other one to be with them in that Eureka and support them as best as they could. Have a wonderful day.